Welcome to Machine Learning, How the World Works. I want to talk about a translation piece, an AI. This is the second part of AI and uh, being used to, uh, by, used by experts to translate. Uh, Israelis ex this comes from an article from the Jerusalem Post. The Israeli experts created AI to translate ancient cuneiform text study. And uh, uh, researchers at Tel Aviv University and Era University have developed an artificial intelligence model that can translate Akkadian texts written in cuneiform into English. Now, one of the things that's really interesting is cuneiform is kind of like this super language. Um, and I was often wondered why that researchers use cuneiform, or I mean, ancient uh, script was written in cuneiform, is because it, uh, it, uh, it, it can absorb many languages in one. Uh, so you could you can go from Paleo Hebrew into cuneiform and cuneiform back into Paleo Hebrew. You can translate from cuneiform into uh, Greek and back into uh, cuneiform. And so it has this ability to absorb several different languages. Sorry. It's okay. I can stay here with me. Um, cuneiform. Uh, so, sorry. Um, the cuneiform can be, is this universal language. And so you can think of it as a, maybe like the Unicode of languages. So it has, when I've done some translation pieces on cuneiform, I found it fairly challenging to remember the wedge shapes. So for example, uh, you might have three lines and a vertical line, uh, three diagonal lines, a vertical line, and then another diagonal line going in a 90 degree angle. And those all mean things and they have certain sounds and they can translate, the cuneiform characters can translate into an alphabet. So the sequencing is a lot like genetic code in the sense that uh, different patterns of cuneiform are going to create different sounds. And because of that universal feature um, in, in the mystic symbol, David Allen Dill was able to translate some of the Michigan tablets, were, which were a mixture of uh, cuneiform and Paleo-Hebrew, or even Semitic uh, text that could have been more ancient. Maybe it could have been Adamic language. Um, there were definitely characters that I have seen that looked Adamic, and I, even one of the conferences I was at, I, I did present that to one of the archaeologists that I thought... It was interesting in Tennessee, some of the artifacts they were digging up had Adamic symbols on it. And then he told me that there was a researcher who claimed that he was capable of, of translating some of this Adamic language. So again, when I go back to the cuneiform, it's very exciting because a lot of these ancient scripts were written in cuneiform. So it's like almost like a parent language, like a, a root language, which you can understand other languages from. Almost like with the Indians with sign language, for example, uh, they can speak different dialects verbally, but maybe universally they, they can uh, be communicate with each other through universal sign language. And because of that, 
<clears throat> there is this universal central nexus that goes back to almost the time of the Tower of Babel, where there was the mixture of languages, uh, that there are these root languages that may be more universal. And so uh, it's exciting breakthrough. And so in with Israel being able to now read some of these Akkadian texts and transform them into English, we can now get a view into what uh, the writings of these ancient people were. So the way they did it is they... Um, they used artificial intelligence, they built a model, and the model translated cuneiform into English. So again, that, what, they, what is, cuneiform does is it translates to certain sounds, or then you can create these alphabets that are shared among languages like Greek, uh, the Michigan, Michigan uh, cuneiform types, and the Sumerian and also um, Hebrew, and these and this connection to the Hebrew is very interesting. So, who were the ancient Assyrians? Well, remember in the Bible it talks in about seven twenty one A.D. Uh, or base B.C. that they came in for and they swept the swept the northern kingdoms of Israel, the ten tribes, and took them into captivity. You had uh, Sennacherib, who had um, was destroyed by an angel. 185,000 men were destroyed. But then you had Salamanzer V, who followed up in his predecessor and then was able to seize Israel and take them captive as they, did, they lost protection of the Lord because of transgression. And as a result of that, they went to Nineveh and then they were processed from Nineveh and they were dispersed and assimilated to other parts of the world. And even uh, there is some claim that some of them arrived in Japan. Uh, there may have been, there have been already people in Japan, but the, there was some of the lost tribe that uh, arrived there. And then there were some of the lost tribe that went even as far as India. Now, the Assyrians, they wrote in cuneiform, and they wrote it on clay tablets, and that dates back to 3400 B.C. Most of it was probably to keep track of administrative things, transactions. The priest class would have collected either tribute or a form of taxation, and they would have wanted to record that. And so a lot of it could have been administrative like uh, uh, information. But on the other hand, there could have been things like poems and writings and some of the history and culture that they had written. Now, to me, the Akkadian is not as interesting as the North American cuneiform that we discover. And there's lots of it. Um, and if you went to the uh, Michigan Historic Museum, you could take pictures of it. And then if you could get access to this um, application, if they would, Israel would make this into an app that could be either paid by subscription or you could use free, 
then you could <clears throat> scan the image of that tablet and see what it has to say. And I personally found that when I read the mystic symbol, I read the uh, writings of what the tablets were saying, it flowed really well. And it made, uh, it made a lot of sense based on my belief systems of the ancient clash between good and evil. And as a result, uh, I was convinced that, uh, that these particular pieces of linguistic evidence were really strong, even though that, you know, their scientists are like doing different things, trying to date the uh, tablets and saying that they're not, they're not authentic. I think that based on what I, the linguistics of what they're writing, it, they are authentic. And that the materials uh, upon which they were written is pretty, pretty close to uh, being authenticated by using different technologies to measure the age of the clay. Because you can't just measure it by carbon dating because the problem with that is that metals don't have, are non-organic. So you have to date the material based on non-organic methods. And um, so that's, that's what I would say that uh, remains to be discovered there is uh, methods for dating the, the, the clay tablets. Now they used the neural net to do the translation. And the way they did it was they trained two versions. One that translates the Akkadian from representations of cuneiform signs in Latin script and another that translates from Unicode representations of the cuneiform signs. And see, that's again, this Unicode, Unicode can represent different glyphs in multiple uni, uh, languages. So it is kind of like this, you had Unicode 1, you had Unicode 2, and it's a two uh, integer point system map where you use one to get in a, a particular domain of languages and the second to offset within that language that represent the cuneiform glyph. And that could be in Chinese, Japanese, uh, and, and cuneiform. So because of that, now you have this universal language that you can move back and forth in. Now, they were able to get achieve a score of 37.47 in the best bilingual evaluation under study four, B-L-E-U-4, which is a test of the level of correspondence between the machine and human translation of the same text. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, what they found at Google is that they were translating languages between one language and another. And the machine learning was doing the translations, but it wasn't very, uh, it wasn't very acceptable. And so what they did is they took a human expert and had them do the translations. And then the machine learning learned how the human expert translated and they got much better resulting quality from the output. So if this is what Israel did, where they took 
uh, machine learning, and then they looked at how the human translation of that cuneiform would occur, and then they did comparisons, and they eventually were able to train the neural net to translate like a human expert, then their effectiveness to translate sentences will be very good, and the output quality would be very good. They were able to translate sentences of 118 or fewer characters. One of the big problems with neural nets is that when they're trying to calculate probability and they cannot accurately calculate the probability of what the, the next character is, um, it can hallucinate. In other words, the math doesn't go anywhere and so it just kind of turns into this garbly rambling. And you see that with ChatGPT3, if it can't answer the question, it'll start repeating itself, or it can make up, look at keywords that it discovers, and then it can make up a, a, its own story based on the probability of what might follow. Um, in the article, it says, Gordon noted that in most cases, translation would be usable as a first pass at the text. The author proposed that machine translation could be used as a part of human-machine collaboration. In other words, they're not really uh, comfortable about letting the machine do all the translations and saying this is a, this is a, a, a very good translation, it's very accurate, and here's what it has to say. Perhaps they're reluctant to release their app out, um, which would allow the public to see what these ancient translations were. But at the same time, if they did release the app out, millions of people could then visit these museums where they have uh, housed the cuneiform tablets and take pictures of it and have it translated. And then through the the sharing of the translation and the maps and accuracy, you get a better improvement. So um, we're in this era of conditional programming with AI where if it's doing really well and it's translating, it's getting a positive feedback. If it's not doing well with its translation, the human person is going to give it a negative feedback. And that based on that positive or negative feedback, the machine will condition or adjust to uh, either pruning that that logic or enhancing it and and developing a stronger connection to that logic, almost like the way our brains do when we gain confidence with something. There's a stronger association with those pathways. So there are literally hundreds of thousands of clay tablets inscribed in cuneiform. That's the opportunity here, and there's. Mesopotamian cuneiform, there's North America cuneiform, uh, there's, um, you know, there's cuneiform in Britain that's stored at the British museums. And these are largely just artifacts considered non-accessible or non-understandable. But now you, with this AI translation, you could have books published about what the ancient Mesopotamians were saying and also what the North Americans were saying about the Michigan tablets. Very exciting time we're in. The article said uh, digital tools can assist with the translation or becoming more ubiquitous every year.
meaning it's it's becoming more universal. They're like optical character recognition. You know, you, I remember when that first came out, that was major because, you, you know, you could save yourself typing a whole documents. So you just take a picture and then uh, the software would recognize the characters that were on the page and then it would translate it to English. This is almost like the pipeline that I'm talking about. You have input in, you have input out. And the input and the algorithms in the black box do the work of translating or mapping from one language into another. Well, um, I'm going to stop there, but I think that that was uh, a pretty good podcast about the potential we have for ancient language translations using AI. <clears throat>